I greet you in the mighty name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ today. It's good to be in the house of the Lord and for those of you who are watching us from a distance, I want to welcome you as well. Uh, receive the blessings of the Lord which God has prepared for us here and you there. And I want to ask everybody in this congregation, let's give a special welcome to our visitors on television. We want to go into the Word of God and uh, uh, look at one very important subject today. Uh, we are still continuing on the series called Family Under Attack. And there are a lot of people who are wondering these days whether it's still safe to start a family. And uh, when I look around, I see so many people who are growing up and growing older, and they haven't yet taken a step of faith to start a family. And I want to tell you, you should do that, because this is the way it should be. You know, God will definitely bless everybody who steps out and begins to build a family. But of course, how we build that family is very, very important, uh, especially in a time when uh, values seem to be destroyed, when uh, what was true for hundreds and hundreds of years it seems to be no longer holding uh, anymore. And so it's very important that we consider what is necessary for us to build a successful family. And this is not only for people who are, uh, you know, thinking of building a successful family in the near future or maybe around the corner next week or two weeks from now, but it is true even for those who are already having a family because, you know, so many families are not going well. And so it's important for us to look at the Word of God to receive the guidance which God wants us to have. Remember that the, the, the Lord Jesus said very, very clearly that he wants us to have abundance in life. And that is true for the family because, you know, God always looks at the family as a whole. And I want to show that you, uh, to you in a little while that God always looks at the family. He doesn't look only at the individuals. Of course, every individual is responsible to God, but when it comes to blessing, he's always bless, blessing families. And it's very important for us to see that principle in the Word of God. Now, let me begin from the book of Jude. Jude chapter, let me say, verse 20, okay? There's only one chapter, uh, and so we, we forget about the chapter. It's only one chapter, so Jude 20, all right? The Bible reads here, but you, dear friends, and I'm talking to all of you listening to me today, must build each other up in your most holy faith. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit and await the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ who will bring you eternal life. In this way, you will keep yourselves safe in God's love. And you must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. Rescue others by snatching them from the flames of judgment. Show mercy to still others, but do so with great caution, hating the sins that contaminate their lives. All right, a very powerful word, a word to all of us, but I believe this is given to us also in the context of families. You know, you must build each other up, whether it's the family of God or the family of father, mother, children, or grandfather, grandmother, whatever that may be. 
The Bible says, build each other up. And for you to build somebody up, you must be in a relationship with somebody. You can't build somebody up if you are not in a relationship with somebody. Okay? So the Bible says, build each other up in your most holy face. Pray in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then it goes on and says, keep, your, keep yourself safe, you know, in the love of God. You must show mercy to those whose faith is wavering. In a family, there are always people who are strong and some who are tired, some who are weak, some who are falling. And it is important to understand and to realize that we are here to help one another. The body is a body to take care of all the members in the body, whether they are important or unimportant, whether they are visible or invisible, the body is taking care for itself. And like that, a family is a small body which needs to take care for itself. Whether somebody is wavering, whether somebody is caught in trouble, we need to make sure we are taking care of each other. Now let me get a few instructions from a few scriptures here in the book of Romans chapter 12, verse 3. The Bible says, because of the privilege and authority God has given to me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Okay, what Paul is saying, look at what God has given to you, not comparing yourself with somebody else, because somebody else has received something else. Okay? Now, if you are uh, a hand and you are comparing yourself with the head, then maybe you're not coming out very favorably. But if you know that your role to play is that of a hand, you will know what responsibility you have and what the mission of your life is all about. Okay? So, think of you the way God wants to think about yourself. Be honest in your evaluation of yourself. And of course, that is only really possible when we also listen to other people. You know, it's very, very difficult if you only look at yourself and you're the only person who is around, then you will always get a wrong picture of yourself. If you hear others, how they speak to you, what they say to you, you get a proper kind of evaluation. If you look into the Word of God, if you hear what God is saying to you and about you, then you will be able to know who you really are. Let me take you in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29. Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 29. The Bible says, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. Praise the Lord. I want to challenge you, especially your parents or parents-to-be, that you learn to say good and helpful things. Or even those of you who are in a relationship with each other, you know, whether in a relationship which is leading to marriage or any other relationship, be helpful to each other. Speak things which build each other up. Encourage those who hear you. It's so important. You know, there's so much discouragement in our world. 
And we don't need more discouragement from those who are closest to us. Because, you know, if those who are very close to us discourage us, this hurts more and deeper and stays longer. And that's why we must avoid that by all means. We must learn to encourage one another. And then James chapter 1 verse 19. James chapter 1 verse 19. You know, James is very practical in everything he says. And it's always good to read the book of James, even so sometimes it's tough. But the Bible says here, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives and humbly accept the word of God the word God has planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Lord our God, we want to thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity to once again study your word, listen to your word. And Lord, help us that we do not just be listeners, but doers of the word. I pray, Lord Jesus Christ, that you are guiding us today through this subject I pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit makes the word come alive in our own mind, in our own heart. I pray, Lord, that this word will help us to be really, truly successful in our family life. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. You see, when you sometimes watch what people are doing on the sports field in the sports arena you see that these people realize how important it is to do a lot of practice okay without practice things will not work very well uh, there's one particular sport which I don't really particularly like but I want to use it anyway to illustrate you know this is bodybuilding uh, I haven't seen many bodybuilders here you know because those are the guys who have got all these big muscles. And you may wonder, you know, how do you get all these big muscles? Well, it's simple. You know, these muscles you built. Okay, they don't come by themselves. You know, you don't wake up one morning and all of a sudden you see all these muscles there. No, you have to build them. And uh, while I'm not particularly fond of bodybuilding as a sport, I'm very, very interested in building our muscles. You know, whether they are the natural muscles or the muscles of our love or the muscles of anything else we do in our life, I think it's important to build them to a healthy level of strength. And you know, I want you to understand that these things do not happen on their own. These things happen when we give attention to them. And so when I say that we need to build a relationship, build a healthy and successful family, it does not come by accident. These things happen when we give attention to the, the issues which are at hand. There are so many people today who are going into marriage, beginning a family, and they feel, you know, a good and successful family will just happen by accident. Let me tell you, it does not happen by accident. A good relationship must be learned. Just like everything else in life must be learned. 
You know, from the very beginning we get into this world, we learn everything. The only thing we know when we come into this world is sucking, you know. That's about all. But then you begin to learn, you know, learn to crawl, learn to walk, learn to talk, learn to do whatever. We must learn it. And it's a difficult process which we are going through. And that is true for the family as well. People who do not give good attention to the fact that family needs to be given attention to and needs to be built, you know, relationships need to be built, they will very easily see the family getting on the rocks, as we say, or disintegrating, and before long, what was meant to be a time of bliss, a time of success, a time of love, becomes a nightmare, becomes a problem. And that we must avoid. So for all of us who are in a relationship already, in a family already, you know, whether you are the child or the adult, it doesn't really matter. But what is important is that we all need to give our best to build that relationship. Now, first of all, before I go anywhere else, you know, when you build a house, of course, you need to make sure you're building on a foundation. Okay? And the Bible tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3 that there is only one foundation which is already laid, and that is the foundation of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So whatever you do in your life and with your life, if you do neglect to put your family and your life on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ, I can guarantee you, that sooner or later you are going to run into problems which you are not going to master on your own. Now, if you don't believe me, I just want you to buy one of these lifestyle magazines, you know, which I don't buy myself because I don't have use for such kind of things. But uh, there are stories over stories over stories over stories of the rich and the famous and the educated who are not able to build successful marriages. You know, some people, when they get married, they think, well, I've got the money, I've got the education, I've got what it takes. I'll make sure I've got a successful marriage. And I tell you, anybody who walks down the aisle to get married looks forward to be satisfied, to be happy, isn't it? You know, I've married a lot of people in my in my. Uh, ministry, uh, but nobody has ever come to me yet who says, I want to get married to be miserable in my, in my marriage. That has not happened to me. All of them want to be happy, okay? And of course, that is the way it should be. <clears throat> God wants us to be flourishing in, your, in our relationship with each other as spouses, and also with our children as we grow up. And for that to happen, it is absolutely essential that we know what the foundation is on which we build. <clears throat> because, you know, if you build on the sand, that sand will give in sooner or later. There are storms coming in life, there are temptations and difficulties going to arise in life which you and I cannot control. There are things happening which are far beyond our horizon, and when they come, you cannot just then begin to find a solution. You must be just built on the rock. And the rock 
is Jesus Christ. So the best advice I can give anybody who wants to begin with a family life or those of you who are already in a relationship, please make sure that you go and build upon the rock, Jesus Christ. Don't leave Jesus out of what you're doing, of what you're planning to do in your life. And I'm not just saying, you know, just go to have a nice service in a church and then forget about him again. That's just not sufficient. You must remain on the rock. You know, when you build a house on a foundation, it, that house has to stay on that rock for the rest of its life. Now, there are some people who are beginning with the Lord and then slowly drift away from God. Now, I want to tell you, it will not help you if you are walking off your foundation. You need to stay upon the foundation. You need to stay upon the rock, Jesus Christ. Only when we respect Christ will we be able to respect each other as well. You know, it is very sad when you sometimes hear how people talk to each other, how they look down at each other, how they, uh, you know, sometimes insult or even curse each other when they are supposed to love one another. Isn't it? But you see, once you do not have respect for your creator, if you do not build a relationship with the God who made you, how will you take care of his creation? It would be very difficult. And that's why so many marriages are really in trouble because what is happening is so sad that people are not remembering who they are in relation to their God and then they feel they can do whatever comes into their mind. And that's always dangerous. So remember, if anything is sure and certain in our life, then that is that difficulties will arise, temptations will come, hardships will be there. So be ahead of the storms, be ahead of the hardships, be ahead of the temptations which are going to arise in your life and make sure that you build solidly on the rock, Jesus Christ. Amen? I tell you, if you don't get anything apart from this very simple principle today, at least you go home with something good. All right? And I want you to carry this principle home with you today. Okay? If you cannot get anything else from what I'm saying, at least hold on to this. Make sure that when you begin a relationship, make sure you build on the rock. Now, I want to talk to you about families, and I'm talking to you about relationships. Now, I want to show you from the Word of God how God thinks in terms of families. Let me just take you quickly to the book of Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, and I'm going to read from verse 1. The Bible says here, The Lord has, had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those that treat you with contempt. 
All the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's very interesting. Now, first of all, God's speaking to Abram. At, this time, at that time, he was not yet Abraham, but he was Abram. Okay? And God says to him, and, uh, you know, leave your family. Because God wanted to establish a new family. A family who can be a blessing to all the other families in the world. Now, the people of Abram, Abram's family, they were idol worshippers. And God said, you know, as long as you are within that family, I cannot really use you. So come out from that place, and then I will make you in a new family. And through your family, all the families in, on earth will be blessed. That's a powerful concept. So when God looks upon earth, he looks upon families. And I want you to understand this. You know, we see this time and time again that God is always looking at blessing families. Okay, let me take you a little bit further in the book of Exodus, chapter 12, verse 1. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the 10th day of this month, each family, listen again, each family, the Bible says, must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat the whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either sheep or goat, with no defects. Now, for those of you who know the Word of God, you know very well that he's talking about the Passover meal. That was when the people of Israel came, were about to come out from, from Egypt. God said to them, I have brought a judgment over all of mankind, and you can only escape that judgment when you put your trust upon a lamb. You know, and that lamb was foreshadowing the lamb, the righteous lamb, Jesus Christ. Now, the, God, the Lord said, this lamb must die, and the blood which is shed from that lamb is to be put on the doorposts of your door, on both sides and on top, which means on the horizontal and on the vertical, which is, again, symbolizing the cross. And we know Jesus died on the cross for all of us. So, the message in this uh, scripture is very, very clear. You know, salvation is meant for families, not only for individuals. And if you are the first one in your family who is saved, you must not just close up and consider your parents or your siblings or whatever uh, as, as enemies, but you must win them for the Lord's. Listen to this. You know, God wants to save families. And we see this very clearly here, that in the harmony or in the uh, escape of the family, everybody was safe. You know, in the family, God brought salvation to the people of Israel, and he still wants to do the same thing today. You know, it's very sad when you see sometimes uh, today that people, when they come to church and their parents are not so much in favor with uh, the way of the, their worship, 
you know, they, they, they seem to uh, treat them as enemies. But I want to tell you, your family can never be enemy. Did you hear what I'm saying? Your family can never be considered enemy. They are your relation, your blood relations, all right? And even if you have a misunderstanding with them, you must bless them. You must, you know, heap wonderful blessings upon their lives and do that as long as you can. And I tell you, their lives will change. I have seen this in my own life. You know, when I came to know the Lord, my father was very hostile to the faith. And I didn't know why. I came to find out later on. And, you know, you have a tendency to begin seeing your own father to be an enemy. But I, I began to pray for my father. And, you know, it took time, but my father began to change. Slowly, very slowly, but he began to change. And I tell you, at the end of his life, I believe that he went to be with the Lord. Because he realized his need for Jesus Christ as his Lord. In our family, the first one who got saved was my sister. And she didn't see me or anybody else in our family as enemies. Even so, we made her life difficult at times. But she prayed for us. And the next one who was got, getting saved was, was me. And the next one who got saved was my mother. And so you understand, when we come to know the Lord, we are going to be forerunners of salvation for everybody in our family. Praise the Lord. When you begin a new family, you must realize that God wants you to take care of this family of yours and bless them and be sure that you put a hand of protection upon all of them. Now, of course, children have their own way of making their own decisions. And you can't, you can't make a decision on their behalf. You know, sometimes parents, especially uh, Christian parents, they are trying to limit their children. And I want to say, parents, you know, do what you can, but leave the rest to God, you know. Don't be a police officer, okay. Don't try to keep them in prison. That's no good because they will even react and turn against the face if you do that. You know, be a good testimony to them. Be a blessing to them. You know, keep good care of whatever you can do, but what you cannot do, leave it. There is somebody greater who can watch over your life. Amen. So remember, blessings are coming through the family. And God wants to bless the family. Even with salvation and other blessings, they are meant to be established in the family. Another scripture, again from the book of Exodus chapter 16, very powerful. I love this one in particular. It's one of my favorite subjects here. Exodus chapter 16, verse 16. The Bible reads here, these are the Lord's instructions. And you know, when, when, when the Bible says, this is the Lord's instruction, you better listen, all right? Each household, or I could say each family, should gather as much as it needs. This was referring to the manner 
which was given by God every morning in the desert while the people of Israel were uh, marching through the wilderness towards the promised land, God provided that money every morning. And so God said, each household should gather as much as it needs. Pick up two quarts for each person in your tents. So the people of Israel did as they were told. Some gathered a lot, some only a little. But when they measured it out, everyone had just enough. Praise the Lord. You know, blessings are always just enough. Those who gathered, had a lot, uh, gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. Each family had just what it needed. Listen to that. Each family had what it needed. Praise the Lord. Again here, God is talking about his care and his uh, provision to a family. And really, to me, this is very, very important because God takes care for the family. Then Moses told them, do not keep any of it until morning. But some of them didn't listen, as usual. You know, there are always some who don't listen, isn't it? Uh, I don't know. At one time or the other, we are the ones, isn't it? I'm sure all of us, we, we have not listened at one time or the other. So the Bible says here, some did not listen and kept some of it until morning. But by then it was full of maggots and had a terrible smell. Moses was very angry with them. After this, the people gathered the food morning by morning, each family according to its need. And as the sun became hot, the flakes they had not picked up melted and disappeared. You know, this is a wonderful illustration of what God has every day in store for us. Every single day, God wants to bless you. God wants you to open the word of God and pick up what he has for you. You know, when the day is getting hot, you can depend on what you have gathered in the morning. And in a family, it is so important that we begin the day with God's. That we don't begin the day with our thinking, with our ideas, but that we begin the day with God's word. And the manna is, you know, standing for the blessings which come from the Lord. So every morning, the Lord says, go out and get a fresh. You know, there are some Christians who are specialists. They are saying, you know, I have been a Christian for all oh, many years, you know whatever that all means. You know, and then they are saying, you know, in those days, there were these blessings, and what have you, and what have you. And, you know, they are, they are like depending on blessings which have grown old. But I want to tell you, blessings do not grow old. Every blessing must be refreshed every day. And it doesn't matter how much you have been blessed in the past, if you are not blessed today, that's too bad because you are going to lose. You might lose. So understand, when we build a house, you put a course, all right? And when you have built a, built a course, the next day you are not going to come and knock the course over and then put a new course where the other was before. But you're building on top of the course which you put down yesterday. You know, that's how you build. That's what is called building, okay? Construction. Now, there are a lot of people in our world who are 
knocking down. Every time they're knocking down what they built yesterday and they're trying to get something fresh. No, the fresh things which God is doing, they will be put on top of what God did yesterday. And then the, yesterday's blessing will be a blessing continuously if you continue building on what has gone before you. You know, that's very important even in our society. Because in Africa, often what happens, you know, if a family builds up certain wealth, and it's good to create wealth because that's the gift God has given to us. At the end of a husband's life, the family comes and knocks everything down. The, the children are scattered all over the place. The widow is being a destitute. And then the children start with nothing again. That must stop. It must stop. I declare it, it must stop. All right? And you must be the people who stop it. Praise God, there is a law who says property crabbing is not allowed in Zambia. But it still happens. Isn't it so? It still happens too often. And please, as a church, we have stood up many times and have made ourselves enemies. But I don't care about that, you know. Because when we have to stand, we need to be counted. So, understand, building means you build one course, you build another course, you build the next course, and even if a generation changes, the building has to go on. Are we together? You know, that is real good family life. If the family is being knocked down and destroyed, that family is not really seeing the blessings from one generation to another generation to another generation. There are some children who don't understand how things have developed in, in their family because, you know, every time they go back, something has happened. Some property crapping has taken place. People have destroyed whatever has been built, and that must not continue at all. You know, wherever it is, it must be stopped. Okay, that's just by the way, okay? And the by the ways are sometimes very important as well. So if you have difficulties to remember these things, write them down, all right? So the lesson we learn from this scripture in Exodus chapter 16, verse 16 and onwards up to verse 21 is that God has enough blessing for every family in this world. Praise the Lord. But we need to do something in order to receive it. It doesn't come by accident. As I said in the beginning, you know, blessings don't come to you by accident. You know, the building of a successful family does not happen overnight or just all of a sudden without your involvement. You need to do something. Every single one of us need to be involved in the process of building. My second point, therefore, it's very important. If you really want to have a successful family, you must make an investment and you must make sacrifices in order to invest into the family. That's very important. Unfortunately, today there are many, many young people who want to get married to get something out of their relationship. Not to put something in, but to get something out. But you know, this is a very simple thing. Those of you who are understanding business, 
you know that this is true in a family as well. And it should be very, very easy to understand because many of us are doing business, either small or big, it doesn't matter, but you realize that you cannot get something out before you have put something in. You cannot have a harvest before you have not put something into the ground as a seed. And it's true in the family as well. Now, praise God, if you put just a tiny seed, God gives it growth and it gives you great blessings. And that is true in the family as well. But you know, the investment must be made. You must make investment in your family, whether it's beginning with a marriage or you have already a big family, it doesn't matter, but you must give it time. You must give it resources. You must give it extra attention. You must go out of your way and sacrifice if it needs to be that the family is able to flourish. There are a lot of people who are saying, ah, I don't have time. You know, my children, oh, I've not seen them for whatever a period of time, you know, I don't just have time, you know. Second by second, you have time. Just imagine God would close the tap. Then you can say, my time is up. But you have time. Bah. Every day, you know, 24 hours. Every day. There is time. The question is, how do you invest the time? And the problem is that our value system is often so screwed up that we invest in all kinds of things, but not in our family. You know, it's terrible. I want to tell you, fathers or mothers, uh, it is terrible if you have not invested time in your children and all of a sudden they are old enough and they're disappearing. And say, hmm. I had no time with my children. No, you had time, but you wasted your time. So it's important that we invest time. And time sometimes may mean sacrifice. You know, cut some other things which are secondary and give time to your family. Take care of your family. Make sure that they are well taken care of and flourishing, that they are having a good education. Even if you had not such a good education, make sure they are going beyond where you have gone. You know, every father, every mother should be proud to see their children go a little further because that's what building is all about. Remember, one row of blocks, another row of blocks, and you're finishing somewhere as a parent. And then your children come and continue and building higher, and eventually somebody puts the roof. That is progressive construction. And that's what we need. That's what we need in our society. That's how we develop. Amen? So investment is required. And investment could come in many forms. It could come in a very important resource, which I just mentioned, that is time. It could come in a resource which is attention. You know, go with your children to a ball game or go with them having a, a, a day of fun or go with them to, to, to do something which, you know, sometimes we parents think, oh, we can't go so low. 
You know, I was crawling with my children on the floor, and I'm not ashamed of that. I loved it. I felt like I'm a child again, you know. The worst thing which can happen to you as a parent is when you lose your children. And losing your children, I'm not meaning when they go out of your house. That doesn't mean you have lost them. If you have built a good relationship with them, you will have them for the rest of your life. They will cherish you. They will, you know, give you joy. They will, they will make you happy because you have invested into their lives first. You have made them happy first. I thank God for that. You know, the worst thing is when the people who are closest to you turn their back on you and don't want to have anything to do with you. That's the worst thing which could ever happen. And that is what I would call a failed family. A failed family. Isn't that what is happening so many times today? Failed families or failed marriages where people promise to stay together until death does them part, and then a few months, a few years down the road, they can't make it. Because they are not looking at some of these very important essentials which are just required. So we may, must make an investment in people rather, in thing, rather than things. It's very interesting, you know, all of a sudden, Zambia has become very materialistic. It wasn't the case when I first came to Zambia because there was nothing to buy. But all of a sudden, we think things are more important than people. You know, to have a new TV at home, to have a new, uh, you know, set of chairs in your, in your sitting room, uh, to have some new tables and new pictures on the wall, it seems all of a sudden to become more desirable than investing into a human being. And I tell you, if you lose your loved ones, the things which you are accumulating in your house, they have no value anymore. That's why, while the things may not be bad in themselves, if they take the wrong position in your life, they are a curse to you. Did you hear me? You know, that thing which you are trying to buy, by all means, uh, which, which takes you even more away from your family, can be a curse. Even so, it could be a blessing if it is put in the right order. Okay? Make investment in people. Encourage them. Take time for them. Give them attention. You know, accompany them as long as you can. You know, when, when our, our children left... Uh, and it was not easy, you know, because for, for us it meant uh, they, 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 they crossed 10, 12,000 kilometers and they were somewhere else where you could not just rush to and, and uh, uh, sit down and have a chat over issues. But when they left, you know, we, we, we were keeping very close contact. You know, there are means of communications these days, and I thank God for that. There are means of communication where you can keep close contact. Even so, you are divided over a long distance of, uh, of uh, kilometers. You can still be very close. And you can still look for advice. 
And I'm very, very thankful that my children are still consulting me and consulting my wife when they are needing an advice. But you know, I know some children who don't consult their parents under no circumstances whatsoever. That means, you know, you have lost your children. And I think it's important that that does not happen. And even if, should, if it should have happened in your life, you know, try to build bridges. Because remember, a person is almost always more important than things. Even if you have no things, but you have people, you have a wonderful caretaker for you when you get old, you know, because children can take care of you, isn't it? So make investments, make sacrifice. Care for your family. Never neglect your family. Let them not go hungry, neither in bread or shimmer or whatever else, nor in love. Make sure they are well taken care of. First Timothy chapter 5 verse 8 says, But those who won't care for their relatives, especially those in their own household or their own family, have denied the true face. Hey, are you listening? If you are not taking care for your family, you have denied the face. Because saying, oh, I believe in God, and not doing what you are supposed to do means you are denying the faith in our gods. And the Bible says such people are worse than unbelievers. So for us, that is not an option. As believers, we must take care for those God has entrusted to us into our home, into our family. We need to take care to reach out to our relatives. Number three. I see that the, the clock is very fast today. Or is it I'm slow today? Number three. Develop the habit of listening. Develop the habit of listening. I think it goes without saying, every one of us has received two ears and only one mouth. Isn't it? God put a statement right on our body to say, take care to listen. Double as much as you talk. Okay? And as we have read from James, be quick to listen and slow to speak. The biggest problem happened when we turned this one upside down. Okay? When we are quick to speak and slow to listen, you know, then things go wrong. You know, and when, when two are talking at the same time and nobody knows what is going to, to be the result of, of the conversation, you know, that's bad. So good advice to build a successful family, make sure that you listen. Listen. If you think what you have heard was not good, ask your partner, ask your child, ask your parent to say it again. Maybe you heard it wrong. Because many times we hear things which are not said. Do you know that? Because, you know, we have got a certain frame of mind. And when somebody says something, we think that that's what it means. You know, because maybe in the past we have gone through certain experiences and then when we hear somebody say a certain thing, we think, ah, it's just like that. We put it into that drawer. You understand? So if there is something you hear 
and it's not good to your sight, just ask the speaker to say it again, maybe in different words, just so that you understand. You know, listen twice before you speak once. Good advice. I know that's very hard to do. And I'm still failing in that one many times. But nevertheless, this we must learn to do. Okay? And I think it's very, very important that we, that we learn to be listening people. We must learn to listen to the Lord, but we must listen to each other. And when we listen to God, we will be able to also listen to each other. We must listen to different sides and arguments before we make a decision. That's why God gave us ears on the opposite side of our head, you know, so that we hear from different directions. And make sure that you make it a habit to listen carefully, you know. Listen to all the arguments before you are going to rush into making your speech or making your decision. It will save you from a lot of trouble, I can tell you. I can tell you even out of my own experience. Good communication is always a give and take in a family. Remember, communication is absolutely required. I stress this every, every time when I counsel some young people who want to get married, I tell them communicate, 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 and communicate again. It is absolutely essential. And remember, good communication is not one-way communication. That's not communication, by the way, isn't it? But communication is a two-way exercise. Some people think they are communicating when they are shouting instruction down to others. That's not communication. That is commanding, all right? Communication is listening and speaking. Listening and speaking. And I would prefer to start with listening before talking. So make sure that you don't see everything through your own filter. You know, that's why the Apostle Paul said it so clear in the book of Romans chapter 12. Don't think you are better than you really are. You know, don't, don't put yourself as the final standard of everything. Make sure you hear and you listen carefully. Learn to understand. Parents, you will see your children doing things which you have never dreamed of doing when you were young. But that's the way things are, you know. I tell you, I did things my parents never dreamed, dreamed of when, I, when they were my age. My parents, they grew up without a car, without a television, and without a lot of other things which became normal to me. You understand? Today, your children are growing up in a world of computers and video games and what have you. You know, they're living in a different era. And you, even so, you have gone ahead in your age. You must understand them. You know, some of the things you will never fully understand, but you must put yourself in their shoes and say, okay, all right. Because it is possible that even young people can serve the Lord. Amen? With all the modern stuff which is around today, people can still serve the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 
So make sure that you don't judge them just because of the surrounding, the things which are there. You know, when you listen, you learn. Those of you who are out of school for some time, do you remember when you sat in your classroom and you listened? You learned. Okay? Sometimes you talked, sometimes you wrote, sometimes you did this and the other, but you learned. And so, listening means learning. And at the end of the day, at the end of the process, you become a better person when you listen. You become another person when things are processed through your mind and through your heart. Number four, I must hurry up. Widen your horizon and be willing to change. Widen your horizon. You see, it's so important that we learn to see with the perspective of other people. You know, many, and I, I'm sorry, you know, that is true probably for men and women, but I, I'm a man, so I'm speaking for men, all right? I, I think many men, they can just not be able to see with the perspective of their wives. And that's a problem. You know, why don't you put yourself into, a, into the shoes of your, of your wife and try to see with her eyes? Hmm? Men, when did you read last about women's issues? No answer. And vice versa, it's true on both, in both directions. Because, you know, for us to get real understanding, to gain insight, we need to widen our horizon and see things from different perspectives. You know, as a man, I must learn to see things from the perspective of my wife. There's a certain women's magazine which somebody has chosen to... to um, to send us every month faithfully. I don't know. We don't even know who it is. But when it comes, my wife reads it. But I read it also. <laughs> and it has helped me many times because I can understand how women think. You understand? It's important. And I, 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 would, I would advise you men, please find out the way women think. And you will be in a much better position to build a successful marriage. And of course, women do the same in the opposite direction. And parents do that also with your children, as I just said earlier on. Put yourself into the shoes of your children because every generation faces new challenges. And sometimes for parents, it's not easy to separate, you know, the, the grain from the chaff. Sometimes we easily say, ah, this is bad, this is wrong, when we don't understand, you know, these are children. They need to go through their own processes and they need to establish their own life. So make sure that you don't just have it your own way. You know, God puts us into families so that the rough edges of our life can be smoothened. Okay, God is using polishing paper. And polishing paper sometimes is painful, you know. But eventually, it makes you very smooth. 
And that's what God wants to do in every one of our lives. And that's why he puts us into families and not into, you know, a situation where we are just individuals only. Now, every individual, of course, has responsibilities before God, but, you know, the way God thinks is not the way our modern society thinks. Because in our modern society, every, everything has become very individualistic. But God is looking at mankind as families. And God wants to bless families. God wants to bless you in a wonderful and rich way. So widen your horizon and be willing to change. Just because you learn something when you grow up, it doesn't mean it has to be always like this. I tell you, I'm not the same person I used to be 20 years ago. I'm a very different person today, and I thank God for my family, because my family had a big, big part in having me changed, just as much as I had a big part in also being a change agent in their lives. And that is what God wants to do in every one of our lives. In marriage and in families, all members can become better individuals because of the family. You know, that's why the devil is attacking the family because he knows this is a blessing to every single human being. You know, when he breaks down families, when he undermines relationships, that's when blessings are breaking into pieces. Therefore, make sure that you are building a successful marriage by widening your horizon and have a willingness for change.